Welcome to She Will Not Fall, a podcast, community, and space that is for women who are daring to reimagine, redefine their faith, their gift, their call, and how they present them to the world. I'm Marielle, your host, and as always, it is such an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be in this sacred space with you. Listen, y'all, this is season two. I am beyond excited um, for season two. Season one was amazing, just hearing the stories of so many incredible women. But season two, we actually have a theme for season two. And the theme for season two is liberation. So we're gonna be unpacking liberation with different women and what that means to them personally, but what it also means um, in the work that they are doing. Listen, if you are not following us on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? I need you to go ahead and follow us at She Will Not Fall Collective. Again, She Will Not Fall Collective. Uh, And if you wanna be a part of our Patreon community, we would love to have you on over there. So we go to patreon.com backslash I am Mary OT. Our lowest tier is a dollar a month. Um, And we go all the way up to 10 and that is on purpose. all of what we give and what is given in the patreon goes right back into producing the podcast because y'all it's work it is work okay so listen today i am over the moon excited about my very first guest for season two um if you don't know her if you have not encountered her words when or her speaking um you're in for a treat my very first guest today is none other than the amazing the gifted the incredible the beautiful sharifa stevens and this conversation was just so rich and uh it left me with so many revelations and so many things to ponder and keep wrestling with and just uh keep exploring um sharifa is such a gift and I know you are going to enjoy this. We talk about what liberation means to her personally uh, and the various roles that she plays in life, but also what her work is doing to liberate others. And y'all, Sharifa's words, like she just has such an incredible way with words. She's so brilliant. Um, so I'm not going to delay it any further. I, this is what I need for you to do. I need you to sit back. I need you to relax. And let's hear this week. Why Sharifa will not fall. All right, Sharifa, welcome to She Will Not Fall. I'm so excited that you are here. Um, literally, when I was thinking about season two, and I was like, ah, who? You were literally the first name. Like, that so talked about. <laughs> I was like, this is, I have to talk to her. So I'm so grateful that you're here and that you're present. And for those who cannot see this episode, y'all, Sharifa's hair is <laughs> so glorious. Like it needs it needs its own Instagram. Oh my goodness. Twitter. Like it is a crown. You hear me? And I'm here for all of it. Thank it you. is glorious. Thank you. <laughs> so by way of introducing yourself, so like last season. And for everybody who's listening, season two literally is about liberation. That's the theme for season two. And last season, we were just hearing the stories of women. And so they were telling us how it started versus how it's going. This season, Mm -hmm. we decided we would flip it just a little bit. So for people to get to know you, if you had to describe yourself as a song title or a book title, what would it be and why? This is such a good question and such a stumper of a question but what came to mind strongest is his eyes on the sparrow so my love for that song began because my grandmother would sing it and Mm. um and I ended up singing it for her funeral and she is one of the most foundational people um, in my life, in my spiritual formation and in just being raised, yeah, you know, by her, um, along with my parents, of course, but well, not of course, the every family structure is different, but exactly. My grandmother 
lived with us and um, really embodied faith that I couldn't understand until later. Um, And I sometimes wonder if God is watching over me. And that song is a prayer and a hope in those times. Yeah, that's, so first of all, I've always loved that song. Um, Yes, and I remember the first um talent show that I was in me and my friend sung that song but we no did way yes, we sung it the sister act way like Ooh, with Lauren Hill and the other girl yeah so but I don't think that I have really I don't think I really gained a real appreciation for it until like I got older mm-hmm. you know because I love songs that start with a question yes you know, like I really love songs that start with a question. And so, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. I love it. So we're talking about liberation. That's a heavy topic. And I think. <laughs> yeah, none of your questions are light. There are no breezy questions. No, it's like, <laughs> like if we going to do a thing, we going to do a thing. Right? Okay. <laughs> so. I feel like people can have different definitions of what liberation is, especially when it comes to our own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So how do you define liberation? Like what, what is the definition for you when it comes to liberation? That's a, again, really good question. And I feel like I'm in process, honestly. So I need to have room. I think part of liberation is having room to change my mind or to expand with new information. So um, Nina Simone described freedom as being without fear. And I think that's just Mm. a really good um, foundation. Although I think fear is is always with us. (laughs) But I think that there is an aspect of liberation that requires the absence of terrorism. Mm. Think of what what we exist under right now, especially um, as black people living in America. And terror is a real um, palpable part of our existence of having to talk to our children about how to stay alive, um, uh, uh, not knowing Uh, how we'll be treated wherever we go, you know, how mundane activities can be, um, become lethal. This is um, a terror state for us and, and, and has always been in this country, unfortunately, and continues to be. So I think that liberation from where I'm standing is the absence of terrorism. There's also a safe possibility of failure that I will add to that. Mm. Um, I think that there are other people in society who get to make mistakes and live. Yeah. They get to make mistakes and have second chances and they get to make mistakes and be restored. So uh, I think there's an inequity in, in depending on what body you exist in to have um, the opportunity to fail and to try again. Yeah. Uh, I think that I had to write my answers down. No, that's all the time. <laughs> I can remember them. You are just like me because the way my brain is set up, I can't remember. I'm like, oh, that's a good thought. Let me write it down. <laughs> right. Listen, I just, and you know me, I'm, I'm distracted by glitter. So <laughs> like we've established that that's part of who I am. So anyway, <laughs> I think that, uh, liberation also involves being free to be mediocre, being free to risk and being free to imagine. 
those three things are on like a vast spectrum, but it's a, there's a lack of confinement involved in that. There's just freedom to build, but not, not for confinement, but for definition. There's a freedom to, you know, just be and not have to be a perfect saintly person in order to receive love or justice. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And honestly, I think that makes even more sense for Black women. Um, yes. <laughs> and that, that, that's, that's the like foundation of my definition. Yeah, because we are always having to do this, be this in order for love to be. And I think, it, I don't know if it was a quote from somebody or I saw it on Twitter. I don't know, because I don't be remembering things, but yeah. um, it was something along the lines of that Black women, you are worthy of love without abuse first. Yeah. Like we feel like we have to tolerate because we, we have to, you're not really loving them and you can't receive love unless you're enduring some type of harm or some type yeah. of abuse. And yeah. so, yeah, I just, yeah, just... <laughs> Yes. those words your words resonate because it's like no I am worthy of it I am worthy of love and like you say I can there is a section of TikTok called black woman mediocre TikTok where <gasps> black women get to do the bare minimum and still be amazing and it's like yeah so black women are just like doing their nails or sipping on some coffee or oh they're just laying in bed it's so <laughs> great it's like this is so liberating. <laughs> it is. Am I going to have to join TikTok because I've been resisting, but I love that idea. I love it. And it's like, so TikTok has it where you can save sounds and you can add it to your video. And so every person that does this, these videos, it's a woman says, welcome to Black Woman Mediocre TikTok, where Black women are. It's so, it's just so great. Black it the person so who came up with this. Bless that person. It's just so great because I think a lot of times love for us is attached to labor. And I'm it like, mm-mm. It is. <laughs> it's always attached to labor. We have like, all the strings attached. All of them are attached to us. And yes. it is just, it's, it's real antichrist to me. I don't think that, um, I mean, it's that serious of a problem. Yeah. it's that serious of a problem yeah we're not we're not made to be mules it's not what we were created for so exactly and I I think with a lot of especially black women <clears throat> you have to go in the world and be that and then a lot of times in their home life they feel that and a lot of a lot of black women that have been in my circle and even in my family where I know that they are they're breaking down, but it's like, I have to keep doing this. And it's like, nobody sees them, you know, like we can't be a safe space for everyone else, but who's a safe space for us? Yeah. When, when do we get to rest? Yeah. Right? Like, when do we get to rest? And I think that's a part of loving me is that there is a space for me to rest and just not have to pretend and that I can cry I can do whatever I need to do and that it doesn't belittle you know because I think some people feel like it's that strong black woman trope you know mm -hmm. and as soon as a black woman displays that no I hurt no I cry no I get upset no it's like somehow we get diminished in yes. people's eyes and I'm like I don't understand I'm a human being <laughs> right like I'm a human being yes. so I, I just identify with what you're saying. And that's a part of liberation for me. Like liberation for me in this moment <clears throat> is I can't code switch anymore. Mm. Like it is being able to be wholly and authentically myself mm -hmm. and not being concerned about anything. Because here's the reality, the same people that we are like, oh my God, what do they think? They don't care anything about what you think, how you feel, <laughs> right? So for me right now, liberation is that. Like I have to be authentic to who I am. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I love it. So we know you as a 
preacher. We know you as a writer and y'all, Sharifa has this way with words that like, I forgot what I was reading of yours. And like, I felt my eyes start to burn because I felt like tears welling up. And I was like, why is she writing like this? This is so disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, what? I wasn't ready. I was not ready for this today. Like, so your words, you said this way with words. So how do you see liberation playing into the things that you do? Even like as a mom, like even in all the different um, identities that we can hold in life, like how do you tie liberation into what you do? Yeah, so I, I think that liberation is... Um, it's a group activity and then there are individual responsibilities tied to it, but you know, it has to be a group project because if I'm free, but you're not, is that liberation? I don't think it is. So there's, there's such a interdependence involved in liberation activity. Uh, But for, for me, I think, Uh, writing is a way for me to examine the world and to um, speak prophetically into Mm. what is wrong, um, what is broken or what is unjust. And it's also a vehicle for me to explore who I am without those shackles Mm. like what I want beyond the struggle what expression is uh pure joy or goofiness or um love or um repose rest kindness all of these things um when you know I'm very very good at reacting and I think that writing is an exercise Um, of imagination and I think that that is one of one of the gifts that get stolen first when we're always having to respond when we're tired Um, so liberation through my art through writing specifically is working through all of those things it's the things that hurt and it is the repair um and it's it's also the exploration of who i am independent of struggle and as a mom man like oof, there's just it's such a scary scary heavy privilege to mother uh <laughs> it's scary <laughs> so um but it's also an opportunity to free my boys from, uh, there's just so much in the air, in the ether of the world, uh, toxic definitions of what it is to be a man. Yes. Uh, or confines of how to express their emotions, of how to, process anger and grief and love and so I would like to set them free um, by expanding what their definitions of those things are by by honoring their tears um, by reminding them of the humanity of women um, independent of their wants um and really practicing that uh, through how how we communicate, but also through how we read scripture. Um, and my biggest joy right now is going through the book of Exodus with them. Um, and we went through the book of Genesis uh, last year. So just watching how they work through concepts of who's powerful and who's not mm-hmm. um what it, what god is saying through uh midwives 
what he is saying through trans ethnic adoption, what he's saying through like, just, yes, it's rich. So liberation, I also want them to be free to ask questions. That's liberation. Yes. So I don't, I don't shut them down. You know, we were going through, I think it was Exodus 19 and 20. I want to say it was that or 21 and 22. It's somewhere in there. And they're talking about laws for property and people are part of the property laws. Yeah. And my, my sons were like, hold up. How is this part of God's law? I do not understand. Yeah. And I was like, tell me why. Why are you, why are you feeling this way about the text? Well, God just finished liberating people. He just finished freeing the Israelites from slavery. Why would any Israelite want to enslave someone after all they've been through? Ooh. Good question, baby. <laughs> good question yes and so i just was like well do do you think that this is god's idea why why do you think this is here and and asking without agenda because i really want to know how they process and at the end of the day i always tell them you have to look you have to look to the person of jesus and jesus has to be your lens jesus has to be your translator and if there is anything that's not compatible with him then you know that that's that's just not that's just not the ideal yes you think jesus would come and say treat your enslaved people this way and they're like no (laughs) no he would free everybody that's why he came and i'm like yes so that's how we interpret scripture that Um, there and and that's how i mean i think that's a liberative process because i didn't grow up in an environment where i could ask questions oh And I had so many. Yes. Yes. That part of asking questions is such a critical piece that I love seeing the people around me who are parents. I'm not, I don't have children, but just watching them do that. And I'm, and it's what you were saying, like, that's the work of liberation. It is. Because you, you don't (laughs) have to have children to, to be a liberating voice in a child's life. I don't, I don't want to limit because I really feel like the beloved community is not a nuclear family and that's it. It's just not, it doesn't work that way. Um, If it did, then Jesus would have to be married with kids in order to be the son of God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, no, that's not, yeah, it's just not, it doesn't work that way. And, and, you, you know, I love, I love highlighting to my kids, his love for children and how you like, come on. And so I want to make that clear too, because, you know, you have wisdom to share. You have love to give. You have um, gifts that, you know, if we close each other off into like little pods that we really um, become malnourished. Yeah. I, and I'm with you, like if ever, and I think I've done it. It just hasn't been in a theological perspective just because of the type of environment I was in. But there was something about listening to kids that freed them. Um, because I realized that so many of them were in spaces where it's like, shut up, don't talk, no, no. And it was like, I was like, so tell me how you're feeling about that or what's going on there. And the looks on their face is like, you're asking me like how I feel? yeah, I want to know how you feel. What are your thoughts around this? Do you, you know, and that alone, it was like, that was liberating for them because they were growing up in spaces where it was, nobody paid attention to them or they'd be like, oh, you're a kid. You don't know what you, and it's like, no, they know we're exactly like kids, kids are so much smarter than we typically give them credit for. And Listen, if I could tell you the amount of times that I have learned lessons from children where I'm like, oh, dang, that's so good. Right? <laughs> More than adults because right? like kids are honest and they're going to say how they feel. And, and, and I admire that. So <clears throat> to see a child who feels like they can't express themselves or 
say that hurt me or, you know, this was upsetting to me. And sometimes even, and I love people call it gentle parenting. I just think it's regular parenting. Like this is the way we should be parenting. (laughs) Um, is I was watching a mom who her son would get like really anxious and he would just start crying. And so she would walk through breathing exercises with him to try to get him to calm down. And then she said, no, she said, do you have any language around how you're feeling right now? And he would either say, yes, mommy, no, mommy. Then they would try to sit there and explore and try to get to the root of what was going on. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) I mean, just the tools that she's giving Mm. that child. Yes. And just the honor and dignity that she is giving with her time and patience. That's what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So many of us are trauma parenting. We are trauma parenting. And it's a, um, that's a whole other, I mean, it's a whole other topic, just all of the things that live in us through our family histories and through our genetics, just the, the things that we have endured and have not had room in this relentless world to just heal from. Exactly. I'll add that to liberation. Yeah. Room, Mm. room to heal. Yes, because that intergenerational trauma that gets passed down. My friend was a therapist. She gave it a definition the other night and I cannot remember what the the term was, but it is literally carrying Mm -hmm. in your bones the, from generation to generation to generation to generation. And so when people especially towards black folks indigenous folks people of color I'm like oh y'all need to just get over it that was that was that was decades that was hundreds of years ago it's like no it's present day you want to know why because I I'm carrying that like I'm carrying the trauma yes from my ancestors like it's with me (laughs) so that wasn't just years ago you know and so yeah Oh, they're, and they're carrying it too. Here's yeah. the thing, like, it's not, it's not just us. It's it, because it, it's a learned behavior to be able to have a Sunday picnic and watch someone burn and hang. Ooh. Right. This and is take, not- and take body parts as souvenirs, souvenirs. To Ooh. send postcards around this, this behavior is not, it's not normal right? It's not normal uh, to rape and breed people to sell away your sons and daughters because of what color they are. It is not normal. That, that is a, a legacy that also lives in the bones. That is a legacy that also is carried down. And it's, I mean, what is that book? I want to say it has something to do with grandmother's hands. It's Resma Menachem, and he talks about um, how trauma lives in white bodies and black bodies and police bodies. He, He makes those three distinctions. But it's not, I mean, it's not, this ain't normal, you know, like it's not. trauma, that's trauma too. It's it trauma is. to be, to be like, okay, so when this body dies, this, when this body is murdered, we will grieve. But when this body is murdered, we will eat fried chicken and it, amid the smell of, of human flesh. Oh, right. So yeah. this is not, and that's not normal. It's not normal to be like, well, you know, there goes a six-year-old kid trying to integrate a school. Let me gather all of my my Sunday school ladies and shout at shout at that six-year-old. Let me create uh, an effigy of a baby coffin so I could carry it so that she can see it. That child. Yeah. It's not normal. It's not at all. Cage people at a border to to give people 
hysterectomies without, without consent. It's not, this is not normal. No. So it's, it's not just living in our bodies. It's just You're that right. we don't have resources and power to the same degree. It's, 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 this is the inheritance of America. So liberation, again, if I'm free and they're not free, then it's not freedom. Yeah. You just helped me with something because I, I don't think I've ever really thought about the trauma in white bodies and, and how that's carried over. Now it makes total sense, this fight mm-hmm. against critical race theory. Ooh. Because you Ooh. are... <laughs> oh, okay, yes. It makes yes. total sense because there are layers to it, right? It's now having to relive the trauma that is already in your body and that potentially is in your child's body. So you don't want your child learning about this. So let's hide this from you. Two, mm. it, it keeps liberation and healing from actually happening. Yes, it does. Because one is setting everybody free in the process because it's facts and this is what happened. Yes. But your children can actually be healed from the generational trauma that- yes come on like it's like now this makes total sense so thank you for helping me with that because (laughs) I have been wrestling like what is the deal (laughs) now it makes total sense to me yes I just had that aha right like thank you for breaking that down because that (laughs) that just that was a light bulb for me yeah wow you need to get that book I think it's my grandmother's hand I'm going to see if I can find it. And then I'm going to put it in the show notes. Like, okay. yeah, I'll definitely see if I can find it. Um, ooh, that just, that was a revelation for me. Um, so kind of in that same vein, like critical race theory and all of those things, there are systems designed to keep us oppressed. And a lot of times oppression is not having access to information, not having access to truth, right? Um with what you do, what are some ways that you feel like you can knock, help knock down these systems, help knock down these systems that are seeking to oppress us? It feels so overwhelming to think about. <laughs> I, when I saw that question, I was like, wait, let me see what I can write down. <laughs> I just, you know, I, it is overwhelming. I, who was I listening to the other day? Angela Davis, she was talking on uh, about the fact that she does not see her one life as important as the movement towards mm-hmm. a better world. So she's like, yeah, my lifetime, I won't experience the fruition of this fight that I'm fighting. I'm okay with that. And her okayness with that was just really inspirational um, and and humbling. And I think that, like I said before, fighting systems is not, it's not something that only an individual can do. So there's a real sense where I, it is impossible for me, Sharifa, to knock down a system. I think that it is imperative that I join hands with people like I'm I'm an artist so I or yeah I guess I'm an artist a creative so my words are my best tool to ask questions to point towards inconsistencies to dream uh, and because because I center um, my hope in in faith in God that I root it in knowing that Jesus himself had a dream <laughs> like of this kingdom that is better uh, than the you know the systems that he was that that killed him. Yeah. Um, and he was willing to die for that. 
better kingdom. And so, and live for it. He was willing to do both. So yeah. there's a sense where I need, my faith looks like pulling down the kingdom of heaven wherever I can, however I can. Um, and that's the kingdom of heaven. It's just, it's a place where people are loved and welcomed. It's a place where the, the poor receive and the rich are sent away empty. It's, it's a turning over of whatever the status quo may be that, that oppresses groups of people and only elevates those with what, whatever their bank account is, whatever their skin color is, whatever their gender is, whatever their sexual orientation is like, um, the kingdom of God is opposed to the status quo of this world. So I use my writing. I use my parenting. I use my friendships. I use encouragement um, and money. Uh, the, like those are very real. Yeah. Like where, where I spend my money, how I spend my money, who I support with that money, um, who I who I support with the encouragement that I give how, but also like using my words as a, as a proclamation or a prophecy or a Psalm or a lament or a dirge or an encouragement or praise. That's, that is how I contribute my little, my little part of a vast movement towards better, towards beautiful, towards that kingdom, that better kingdom. Yeah, that's powerful. Cause I think earlier you were saying that basically your writing is prophetic and it is, but something that's powerful about prophetic voices to me is they speak to what they see now and they tell the truth, but they also speak to the hope or the, or the judgment that's coming from the harm that is being perpetuated yes. in present time. Yes. And so, yeah, that, that for me is a part of how we knock down systems of oppression. Yes. Because we keep speaking, we keep writing, we keep speaking the truth. Yes. And I will say, especially in this current climate, the truth may cost you something because yes. <laughs> it's, it's probably gonna cost you something that we keep going. I said this, I think I've said this on a few podcasts is we have to be okay with being those lone voices in the wilderness. Yes. People will come to where truth is, but you have to be very okay with being that lone voice and keep saying, listen, and keep proclaiming what is true and keep proclaiming, stay on the wall. Don't get down. Yeah. (laughs) Stay on the wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? So that's a big piece of it for me is that we keep going, is that we can't quit. We have to have spaces. We have to have writers. We have to have poets. We have to have yeah. artists and who paint and who just create yeah. all forms of art because that's a part of the liberation. It's such a part of the liberation. When you think about the Harlem Renaissance and just the brilliance of creatives who were voices who were aiding in the soundtrack of us be having a more perfect world and what this could look like and even speaking language to our pain yeah like that's just as important so I say it's present day but it's the hope of what can be it so, is yes 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 all of that and and of course music has to be a part of that too yes and I know you know that Yes. Um, sometimes the words just aren't enough, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, mm-hmm. and it's just, ugh, it's just, and it's so a part of how we survive, how we keep going is in that expression and that voice. And there's so much, you know, for, for, for me, I feel, I feel the weight of how my women and my family were silenced and the honor it is to speak, to to sing that witness 
of of who our ancestors were as well as you know witness that we are still here because of them and be a witness to the future generations of what our love gave us courage to endure that that just imagining future (laughs) a future is like an act of revolution and it is like a it's a hope that it won't always be the way it is right yeah to think that we are fighting for the world to be a way that we may never get to experience but other generations will and they'll think back on you know my grandmother my great-grandmother my great-great-grandmother my grandfather, my great, like just to think of all of the people in their lineage who fought for them to have this type of world. Just like we were fought for. Right. We are, we are so miraculous. Yes. Oh my gosh. So any final thoughts that you have? Um, and you know, if you want to speak to um women as women fight for liberation, because a big piece that I've noticed is that we sometimes is what you were just saying as women a lot of times we sometimes are silenced or we're so used to being silenced that we just stop speaking yes right and so um I don't know if you want to speak to women who are fighting to get their voice back and fighting Mm -hmm. to get that power back to be liberated Mm -hmm. in order to to speak and be and do all the things that creator has given them to do (laughs) and be free in who they are. I think, you know, I I have a lot of kinship with the woman who doesn't recognize her own voice anymore because in order to survive, she has had to be quiet or change her tone so it would be more acceptable or pronounce her consonants in a certain way so that she would be deemed professional or be demure so she would be considered lovable and smile when she needed to be polite. I have all the empathy and kinship for that woman. I don't, I think that it's possible for us to speak in ways that shame people who are in process. Um, And it is a hard thing to free oneself. Mm. It takes, it takes so many people to become free. And it takes people who um, are able to say uh, what you did was for survival and you don't need to do that anymore because you're safe you know it's I think that yeah we we have to fight for a better world but we also have to make refuge for us because a lot of us have had to lose part of ourselves in order to live. And now they they have to find those lost pieces. They can only do that and explore that and process that through safe spaces who reflect back to them in a, a way that's free of shame, that this is, this is the world that we live in where we have to lop off pieces of ourselves in order to walk through many a space, many a space. So I, part of liberation is, is recovery. It's rest. It's, it's not being catty with other women. It's not comparing ourselves with other women. It's not petty jealousies with other women. It's not the debasing and tearing down and gossip 
of other women. It's it's knowing that you can be, you know what it's like where you're yes. like, oh, this woman is a sister. Yes. She is not a person uh, pretending to be a friend who will stab you in the back. You, we all know, we've all experienced unsafe women or women who have upheld the things that hurt us, that oppress us, that silence us. Part of, part of just being free is, is a relearning. It's a reparenting. And we can only do that in spaces that actually allow us to do that. And so we have to be that space we have to create that circle. And even as we're in process, because I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't feel like I'm free. I, I'm always like interrogating myself. Yes, yes. Why am I doing this? Why do I believe this? Is this, is this a coping mechanism? Is this how I've been socialized? Is this, is this of God? Yes. Like, I feel like I'm always doing that. So, I, but I, you know, you can't, you can't process these questions with everybody. So true. It, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So like, I'm so grateful. Like I might cry, but I am so grateful for the friends in my life who my questions are safe with, who can even say, you know, I've had the same, I had the same struggle, girl. I don't, I don't know. Mama stay here with you because yeah, I still don't understand why God sent Hagar back. Yeah. I feel like Hagar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I don't want to go back. You know, like the, these yeah. kind of. <sighs> yes. You need so, that space to ask the really tough questions, but also a space where you can challenge those really easy answers. Like, Yes. <laughs> right you know like you need that safe space and even with me like now because I think I've matured a lot in the past three four years if I'm feeling something towards another sister mm-hmm. right who has not done anything to me has not right. harmed me any kind of way I immediately now have the self-awareness to know there's something in me what is that thing right to go explore that because sometimes when we don't have the language, we wind up harming people who have not harmed us because we need to deal with our own introspection and our own mess and trauma and whatever else we've experienced. And women are not my enemy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not my enemy, you're my community, you're my sister, you know? Now, if you are harmful- That's a whole other thing. Right. Like, cause I, oh, I will tell you about yourself and, and I would say to you, I want you to heal because you are harming people and there's something going on there. Um, but ultimately, no, we're not in competition. I want every woman around me associated with me. I want you to win. Win. Please go win. Like, I want to cheer you on. I I can't even imagine feeling like, oh, well, no. Because I remember somebody did ask me this. I was shouting out podcasts of other Black women and women of color. And they were like, why would you do that? You have your own podcast. I was like, first of all, I'm not in competition with these women. There's room for all of us. I grow from them. And hopefully something I said helps them. I'm like, we're all in this together. So of course I'm going to promote them. I want them to win. Like, I don't even understand why. So I think we can't buy into this, this competition narrative that people try to put us in. Yes. Because it makes us miss out on real liberation, which is being in community with other women. That's right. Absolutely. That is like, that scarcity and that competition is is so wrought from the broken system of of this country. This yes. is only only one person, only one group can be on top, and everybody else you and you want to be on top. So climb over everybody else. 
That's yes. not the way. It's not the way. At all. Sharifa, I am like, I'm going to be sitting with this conversation. <laughs> but seriously, because you dropped so many gems and things for me to think about. And I know whoever is listening for them to think about. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful. grateful for you. <laughs> like, this is, I was just so excited to be able to talk to you. Yeah. Not on Twitter, not through like little <laughs> Twitters. It's just to see your face. And just to watch you and to hear you, yes, you beautiful soul. Oh, you are too. Like I, it's and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, it's crazy, but like I have the most amazing community on Twitter, and I'm like, I've I've met the most incredible people, and like who are just genuine, and we push each other to be better. Like yes, seriously, and I'm like, so I am really, really grateful for that, and. How can people reach you, follow you, anything you want to promote? The okay. floor is yours. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm a, a terrible social media person. I am so inconsistent. So, but you know, I on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm Sharifa Writes. Um, I have a Substack that I started last month um, because our Twitter community is so great and makes us better. So I started that last month. Do I remember what it's called? I don't. So, so uh, Marielle's going to put it in the show notes. Yes, I will put it in the show notes. <laughs> it might be like Sharifa Stevens that's upset. I do not know. Um, I just started it. So, and then my website is sharifastevens.com and that's a great place for booking and some archive writing of mine so yeah i love it so all of that will be in the show notes for everybody bless you (laughs) (laughs) look it's full circle i don't remember anything (laughs) so that's why i have to write it down and i did not write it (laughs) you i had to write everything I am so grateful for you. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule just to have a conversation. Like you say, I'm so happy to see your face. And I had to tell you, I was, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see her smile. And then I also cannot wait to see her hair because. <laughs> She's doing so well today. I gotta say, like, look, some of these. I love it. It's just so glorious. It's so glorious. But I'm grateful that you're here. So no please, you're welcome back anytime um, for us to have these conversations. I would love to. Yes. Um, I'm just, I'm full. I don't have nothing. I don't have <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just so full. Like, oh my goodness.